We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dream Draft Rules Everything Around Me. I'm your host, Chris Percyinen, here once again, here as always, to welcome you to Nick's Film School, to welcome you to Dream, to say happy March Madness. Uh, lots of Hirings already going on as some team seasons have ended as a result of March Madness um, and, and lots of teams still dancing. Uh, have a great tournament going on. Uh, shout out to the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights. Went to high school next to Fairleigh Dickinson campus uh, and did not expect to see that name in the tournament this year at all. Uh, forget playing several games. So shout out to fairly dickinson university um and i have to say one last thing before we get to some you know specific prospects um i am you know on the very much younger side of the kfs crew um and certainly do not have any personal memories of of this player playing but what it what I do know is that despite my age, I'm very aware of his legacy. I'm very aware of what he's known for um, and what he will be remembered for for a long time. And that's because of how great this player was, how great his moments were. Rest in peace to Willis Reed, the captain. Um, really really great part of new york knickerbocker history and as someone uh who cares a great deal about basketball history um and and who's fortunate enough to be able to cover the knicks it's um it's felt that that piece of basketball history uh has has moved on you know so rest in peace to willis reed um I think it's really nice to see, you know, all the Nick fans online today honoring him. Um, it's it's a lot, you know. At some point, the the game all comes around, and and there's parts of the cycle that are not as fun. Um, so yeah, it's always tough to lose greats when when you tell their story so often. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that, you know. We've got a great episode ahead of us, but I did want to take a second and just shout out Willis Reed for his incredible legacy as a basketball player. Now, in the men's bracket, which personally, my bracket has been cooked. Um, it's currently, you know, at 83.4%. 83.4% on the bracket. Not fantastic, 
<laughs> not 90 even, but uh, not not the worst. I'll take it. Um, you know, did I have Kentucky in the Elite Eight? Maybe. Did I have Kansas in the Elite Eight? Maybe. <laughs> My final four, Alabama versus Kentucky and Houston versus Kansas. Uh, yeah. So half of those teams are out. Um, but my championship round was indeed between Alabama and Houston, both of which are still dancing Two big prospects for this NBA draft in Jarris Walker for Houston in Brandon Miller for Alabama. And I think that is exactly, exactly where to start thus far um, is by talking about some of these guys and some of the games they've played so far here in March Madness. Now, if there are questions in the chat about players that are not in March Madness, about how I think someone might fare in a game that has not been played yet, I am here for those questions. Just starting off on my end with a little bit of a pre-prepared spiel on a couple of these top guys. So I do want to say thank you to everyone for joining me here today on Dream. It's a pleasure and an honor to be able to talk about the 2023 NBA draft to a crowd of such lovely and passionate fans. So hello and welcome to Dream. Thank you for joining me. Let's talk about some draft prospects. So Brandon Miller of Alabama um, took 53 minutes into the NCAA tournament to score his first basket of that tournament for a wing who is known for his ability to help that round orange ball find the bottom of the net. Um, that was tough, right? But I think it was interesting to learn about Miller in, in that performance. Now, um, in his first two games in general, he was five for 22 from the field. Not great, not great, but he was held out of practice uh, the last Friday uh, with a groin injury, may not have been healthy for these games, um, but Alabama took really both of them to the cleaners, uh, two blowouts, you know, that they did not have a large, large score differential against their 16 seed matchup. And that's why when when they got, you know, Maryland. Uh, in the second, I just, that was going to be a wash. Um, and Brandon Miller taught you other things about his game. If you have only seen highlight packages of his scoring ability, if you've only seen full games of his because he scored a lot in that game, well, he showed you other things in these games. So let's talk about it, right? Um, you saw the size in that game. He looks big out there on the court. Um, he's a large player. And for him to be able to do so many things with the ball in his hand, um, that's really impressive given his size. And I think one of those things he can do that gets a little underrated is that he's really finding a knack for passing. Um, these La, you know, the end of the season, these last few games, it, it feels like he's learning how to make reads that are in the flow of the game, that just more in the flow of the game. Um, he was always passing nicely. It feels like now he's passing sharply and and really intelligently. So, um, you know, the feel there just points go into that. Um, he, he the ball was not finding the bottom of the basket. He didn't give up. Didn't stop trying on the big stage. You know, there there are players who they're running their routes. They take some contact and they don't get the ball the first couple times. So they give up. Um, this kid seems to love this stuff and love that adversity. And he thrived in the face of it. He showed his defense, showed his passing. Um, he showed how big his, his the size of his body, how big that is for his defense, you know? And, and I think with the way he showed he can pass, he showed himself as someone that can make the game easier, you know, for, for players on his team. He's not someone who you have to stand and watch cook in ISO. Um, he's going to, he's going to help you cook too. Someone else I'd like to talk about um, is Jairus Walker. 
Jarris Walker, we know, power forward out of Houston, just like Brandon Miller uh, is currently, to me, a top five caliber prospect. Now, obviously, I have, you know, I have six guys um, that I think are top five caliber prospects in this year's draft. And those are Wenbanyama, Henderson, Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jarris Walker, and Brandon Miller. Those are my top six players thus far in the 2023 NBA draft. I don't have a graphic made, but my big board's here on my phone. And uh, those are the first six names on it. And I think those are all top five caliber guys. So I think, you know, some years you have three top five guys this year. You, to me, you've got six and that speaks to the strength of this draft class at the top of it. Um, to me, Brandon Miller and Jairus Walker are two of those guys. So with Jairus, uh, we can, we can get right to his second matchup um, because the first game Houston didn't, didn't look exquisite against their 16 seed matchup. Um, They did not look like they were going to blow them out. And so that's why Houston minus five and a half against Auburn was something I was looking at pretty strongly because when a one seed doesn't play that super well against a 16, they regress to the mean and played their game in that next game, even though the opponent is more difficult. Well, Houston was down by 10 at halftime to Auburn. And in a game where Jairus Walker was moving left, right, up, down, sideways, inside out, as fast as you thought someone at 6'7 could, he drew charges. He had six blocks. He was explosive athletically and that is something i brought up in the first dream that perhaps walker had more athleticism from his img days than he showed this year at houston due to the fact that he is recovering from an injury and you've seen him in tournament play basketball show that explosiveness i really think that is there athletically for him and it's why i've got him above brandon miller on my draft board it's why i've got jairus walker as my number five overall prospect still um with cam whitmore at four with Amen at three with Scoot at two with Victor at one for Jairus Walker. To me, he he projects into an NBA role from the second he walks in the league. He can stand in the corner and make the open shot. He can make defenses have to respect him. Right. And, and when you look at his numbers from three, they're low volume and he's shooting 35%, which from the college line is old Julius Randall, old Christian Wood, Jeremy Grant, like from a couple years ago, like these, these fours that couldn't shoot just yet. And they were fake shooting on like three and a half attempts per game for 35%. That's where Jairus is at right now. Um, but I do buy his catch and shoot jumper. 64% at the free throw line. Uh, not exactly the most encouraging. Again, I buy the catch and shoot jumper. Um, and I do think that with his athleticism, his ability to put the ball on the floor, he's going to be able to attack the closeouts. I think that uh, with with his frame, he's going to be great defensively with his uh, athleticism, his explosiveness, his awareness on the defensive end. Jairus Walker is one of my guys in this draft, and I identified him as such months back. I love what Houston's doing as someone that coaches youth basketball, I use Quentin Grimes as an example to my players as someone who did not see results. Okay. As a primary initiator um, and someone who needed to go to his hometown school of Houston in a much more humbling role and put in a lot of work to be able to play that role to succeed. And he did it and got drafted in the first round of the NBA draft as a three and D guy, not as a point guard that he, you know, went to Kansas as. So um, I love Houston's program. I think Florida state and Houston are two schools right now. I can't get enough prospects developed by those head coaches. Um, But Jairus Walker is different. Um, I have long said not to let the Oklahoma City Thunder get their hands on Jairus Walker. That will not age well for NBA teams uh, with, between Holmgren's length, between Walker's physicality, athleticism. 
I just cannot cannot see that one playing out in a fun manner. So love, love, love Jairus Walker. Um, I really like Brandon Miller's prospect. I have Jairus Walker above him because reportedly Jairus Walker's, you know, work ethic is spectacular. That's something I love about players. Um, a lot of lottery players like Cam Whitmore were not in March Madness at all. Um, Keontae George on Baylor. Three for 19 from the field in his NCAA tournament weekend um, out in the round of 32 with a loss to Creighton. So some of these guys that I really like in the top 10 of the draft, you know, not even playing anymore. Miller and Walker both playing well, um, but Walker really doing it all on both ends of the court for Houston. Obviously, he's got some good guards. He's got Sasser, Marcus Sasser on Houston. Um but Jairus Walker is one of my guys, signed, sealed, delivered, uh, have, have loved his tape for months and I will continue to as a result of just how much he seems to love his role, how much he seems to love being a star in his role. Um, Jairus Walker's got that dog in him. If you want the scientific analysis uh, of that one, um, I see in the the comments, Brandon Miller has an injured groin. Can't judge him too hard. Absolutely. So that's a great point. Um, I, you know, I, I did bury the lead a little on that, uh, but I always just like to tell a story over <laughs> delivering cold hard facts. Um, can never have too many wings, especially knowing some may have to go out in a superstar trade. So yes, I do think that um, you have, you know, a lot of, I think you do have a lot of pressure to get young talent up in the pipeline um, because, you know, rookie cycles matter. So it's a little, you know, off topic of, specific prospects, but, you know, matching up rookie cycles, extension patterns, um, when those years are going to hit all of that matters. I do think the Knicks have kind of mastered how often to draft. I do think it's an art. Uh, I do think they're killing the picks that they're making enough where they don't need to worry about drafting a million players and hoping one sticks. Um, I think when you really are devoid of talent, you make four selections in the first round like the Houston Rockets did. But the New York Knicks aren't there. They hit on Grimes. They hit on quickly. They hit on Sims. They hit on McBride. Jokubatis undetermined. Toppin trending down uh, due to his usage on the team who he's playing behind and Julius Randle trending down. The rest of the picks you know, Grimes and quickly alone, make it, make it all worth it from a team building perspective. So, um, that was, that was spectacular, uh, of the Knicks. Now, one last player to actually, before I only kill Keontae George, let me just say, um, you would like to see him in NBA spacing. Uh, you would also like to see him be smarter out there and not, look so poor on defense. Um, you would like to see him take smarter shots. You would also see him like to have more space to get those shots off. Now, Keontae George can be blindfolded and go run an NBA offense. Um, I do not think that he is someone, you know, you look at and you just buy every question mark. He's really a top five guy that because it's a deep class won't go top five. This is a guy who will go in the top 10 in a lot of drafts. Maybe he goes 11 in this one because it's so deep, right? But um, he's six foot four. He's a combo guard. He can shoot the ball. He can pass the ball. He is a pure bucket getter. If you love those guys, you bet on this kid. Um, and so, someone who's kind of the opposite breed of, of point guard, kind of the more hard-nosed, uh, more driving than shooting distance. Cason Wallace from Kentucky. Got to shout him out. I think that in the NBA today, there is one singular college that has the most players in the NBA today, and it is Kentucky. I believe that number is 27 players. 
and I believe that number is going to grow when Case and Wallace is drafted in the first round. So um, if that number is incorrect, maybe that's just first round picks. Uh, that's the amount of first round picks in the league from Kentucky. Maybe I know Kentucky is like insanely well represented um, in the NBA today. And that it's just a matter of when for a lot of their draft prospects, not if they'll be drafted. Uh, Kentucky's great. And they've got Case and Wallace on their team. Now, Case and Wallace in probably I'll say definitely his last game at Kentucky, you know, before heading to the NBA draft, he lost to Kansas state, got the best story in college basketball in Keontae Johnson. Um, if you don't know quickly, I would like to share this. Keontae Johnson had athletes heart, essentially a heart attack of sorts on the basketball court um, and was unsure if he'd ever play his beloved sport. Again, he turned down a $5 million insurance cash out to two years after collapsing on a court return to the game. Now with no guarantee that he would ever be as good as he once was, he took back to his passion of basketball because he couldn't get away from the game and he wanted to write his own story and not let an insurance company cash out be his story. He hit one of the biggest shots of March Madness thus far to help Kansas State keep dancing. Uh, they're going to be at Madison Square Garden this Thursday. It's a great story. It's a great story. Now, that's the team that, that ended Kentucky's season. In that game, Kaysen Wallace had seven rebounds. So for a 6'3 point guard, he's a doggity dog's dog. He had seven rebounds in a tournament game. He also had four assists. You know he can move the rock because with 21 points on 9 for 11 shooting, four assists is pretty darn good. Now, two steals on top of that all over the place, creating defensive pressure, creating offense all game long. Um, cut the first half out. Kaysen Wallace was 7 for 7 from the floor. Kaysen Wallace's teammates were 3 of 19 from beyond the arc. That's a shout out to... ESPN's Jonathan Giovanni for that stat. Defense is his thing. He's a fantastic defender. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that for Kentucky, uh, they they just got outmatched. You know, Oscar, a fantastic player. Jacob Toppin, a brother of Obi Toppin, you know, a good engine for them. Almost in a way, they're Josh Hart. Kentucky's Josh Hart, Obi's brother, which which just is very on brand. Um, Case and Wallace is the stud on that team to me. Uh, him and Oscar T. And uh, you know, tough loss, but Wallace showed the answers to a lot of question marks about him during the season in tournament play, which is going to make his stock rise. Do not be surprised if you see him in top tens on big boards and mock drafts after these performances from him. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do think that when you have a big game in the tournament, it's, um, it's a big deal and it's, it should be seen as a big deal. Um, but I do think, I do think that he does deserve the credit, um, that he deserves for just the effort and the defense he put in, in the tournament, obviously Kentucky not able to score enough points to get over the hill, but that that can't all fall on on one one guy. Uh, so yeah, you know, with with everything going on with the tournament, um, I do think that it's tough not to get too wrapped up in one good performance or one bad performance um, from a prospect. But it's also important to remember that if someone does show up in these big moments, it really is a credit to them their mental toughness. Could they handle playing in the pressure of the NBA? Well, it seems like they've they've dealt well with that that pressure so far. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100. 
or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest, with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first buy. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. All right. With that being said, uh, I think those are the four guys I really wanted to touch on in Miller, Walker, George, and Wallace in terms of big, big bracket stars. Now, it's your guys' show. It always was. It always has been your guys' show. Let's go to your guys' questions. Let's see what you guys have to say about the 2023 NBA draft. Let's see what I have to answer uh, for you guys about the 2023 NBA draft. Um, And we'll see. We'll see just how happy i can make you guys maybe i don't like your favorite prospect and uh (laughs) you might not like my take on him but yeah let's get started and we've got a good question to start from john rodriguez thanks for the question john um the question is chris what is your opinion of colby jones any comparisons for him colby jones is 
who this is someone who I like watching play basketball. Um, he is a shooting guard who sees the floor very well. That's how I feel when I hear his name right away. I, I think of his vision on the court. I think of the fact that he's, you know, six, five, two Oh five. And just how well he can see the court despite how good his offense is. And, and, you know, Colby Jones is one of those guys who I think many could get stuck in seeing as, Oh, you know, the, the Denny Avdia world of fine at everything, not good at anything. <laughs> but I see him as a combo guard. Uh, I see him as, you know, a shooting guard that can initiate instants. Um, yes, he will be a little older on draft night. Um, but that, you know, as we've learned, that can be very much okay. Uh, his athleticism doesn't jump off the screen. Um, not that many scoring outbursts, uh, but it just feels like he feels like he knows what he's doing out there running offense. And I don't, I think it's tough to, to compare him to players. I get in trouble when I compare players to Knicks because people know the Knicks so well um, that they might not, you know, see it the same way. Quentin Grimes comes to my mind quickly, but I think he doesn't do enough initiation for my liking to be a Jones comparison. Who's Grimes that does a little more passing, a little less shooting, but has a good shooting number. Sorry. I, 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 you know what? Give me three seconds to think. Cause if I just acknowledge that I need to think about this, I will come up with an answer for you. I'm going to go with Derek white, Boston Celtics. I'm going to go with Derek white of the Boston Celtics. Um, I think that's a really nice outcome for Colby Jones. I think if he goes in the early second round and you get Derek white out of him, that's a really good player. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Derek white of the Boston Celtics on the condition that I am allowed to rescind that whenever I do really deep dive Jones, I do know a good amount of his game because as someone that's watched a lot of cam Whitmore, I've watched a lot of Colby Jones. They they've played twice this season. Um, but I, I want to, I want to revisit that now because you've got me overthinking it, but I, I'm going to go with Derek white. Um, if you want to say what Nick fans thought Lonzo ball was, I think that's also a good comparison, but <clears throat> that being under the condition that I say thought as in that he would be a point guard at the NBA level to an extent, um, not thought that, you know, he wouldn't, he won't now achieve that because of the unfortunate situation with his injuries as someone who was in middle school during the ball brothers high school reign. I really loved watching them grow up and I really like rooting for Lonzo ball and his family to do well. So I have no malintent in saying what Lonzo could have been. I, I'm more mean on the court. Um, nothing, you know, subsided by injuries, just something that he, he wasn't going to be as an NBA player. Dirty dancer with a question that unfortunately to me has an answer. Um, so let's get into it. Which prospects do not fit the Knicks culture and don't have the dog in them to play for Tom Thibodeau. Now I want to say, I want to say that I am not someone to say that players don't have the dog in them. I will acknowledge when some players have so much more dog than others that they are dogs, doggity dogs. But despite the fact that Jairus Walker is a doggity dog's dog, I do think that it's tough to turn around and say, well, he's not a dog because I think he's soft. Well, that's no way to talk about a 19 year old and, you know, prospective athlete. Now, is it? I think that, uh, some guys let their toughness show in different ways. Some guys will have their toughness come out in the NBA. It's really about watching interviews and getting a good sense 
of who guys are, who they want to be, not trying to infer things about their personality from their play on the court. Um, now, someone who comes to mind as a prospect that would not be a fantastic fit for the Knicks because of their culture and because of the position he plays. So I think this is a good pick for an answer to this question. I'm going to go with G.G. Jackson. I would say that G.G. Jackson thus far um, has given some interview answers that to me signify that he has some learning to do and some maturing to do in regards to his relationship with the game of basketball um, and, and how he can be the best version of Gigi out there on the basketball court. Now he plays for the South Carolina Gamecocks. He is a fantastic scorer. Um, what made Paulo so special last year was that he was already a masterful scorer. Gigi has that potential. So he is like, the prospect version of prospect Paolo. Uh, but you know, you know what I mean by that? I, I'm a, I, yeah. And so Gigi to me, um, he'll say, you know, I, I, I'm taking good shots. They didn't, they just didn't go in. It's better. I take those than, you know, pass one of my teammates who aren't doing much. Those are the vibes you get from his press conferences. And, uh, I think he, he could change. He could, he, he ought to change that. And he, he could stand to change that if he wanted to be seen in a better light. I do think Gigi Jackson will take two to three years to develop into a positive player. Um, if he is willing to do that development, I also think that, you know, we're in year four to five of certain NBA players that were top 10 picks, um, some of whom were traded from the Knickerbockers this season uh, that, you know, are still not there in their terms of their potential um, and that they have maturing to do as well. And, you know, if they go out to their next team and give the press quotes about why they didn't play and that's that's immature so uh objectively uh, you know and as someone who's doing my best to be mature on the media end of things um i'm learning a lot this year as well and something i'm learning is what it looks like when athletes know how to handle certain situations so you know gg jackson doesn't strike me as someone that would know how to handle these situations from the jump who who has the mindset to handle a coach like tom thibodeau's rigidity from the jump um Steve Clifford, probably also not a good fit for Gigi Jackson, right? There are just certain coaches out there that, that aren't the best fit for certain young guys. Uh, I also wouldn't pair him with Steve Kerr. I think those are three teams, Warriors, Hornets, and Knicks, that Gigi Jackson, you'll probably won't see him get drafted to um, unless one of them really takes a real philosophical switch on the type of guys that they want to draft. Uh, I, it's tough to bring up another prospect in regards to that question because uh, he just jumps to my mind so quickly, but I would say that as of now, um, I, I don't think there's anyone, even the Thompson twins get said, it gets, Oh, they, you know, they went and played in the circus league. They don't like adversity. Those kids work out a lot. Those kids work out a lot with former pros. They love the grind. They love the hustle. So I'm not speaking like that on those Thompson twins who love to get better at what they do. It's tough to spin that narrative. It's tough to give an answer to that question. It's, uh, you know, I, I wish I wasn't painting Jackson in such a light. Um, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm honest about the fact that he has potential to be a fantastic scorer. He has a potential to be a matchup nightmare. He has potential to be scary at the NBA level if he puts it all together. So. You know, Gigi Jackson, someone who's going to go out and be really good. Michael Padalano. Last year was a huge wing and big heavy draft. Will there be more guards that'll have immediate impact? Mike, thanks for the question. Thanks for watching. Appreciate you. Um, I think guards having immediate impact in the NBA comes down to one thing alone. They're either really old when they're coming in or they're really good at defense. Really good at defense. Uh, Jonathan Macri is, is the person who taught me in the world of basketball that drafting a rookie point guard very high in the draft is an acknowledgement that you are going to be a bad team the next year. <laughs> it's almost asking to be a bad team the next year to let someone who's never run an NBA offense before run an NBA offense. And so to, for a guard to have immediate impact, unless they are coming off the bench and John, John texted me back as soon as I brought him up, he's, he's, uh, he's listening, even though he's not listening, you know, he's just, he knows, 
He knows. Um, good old Mac. So uh, with guards in this year's draft, I think, you know, Keontae George and Nick Smith Jr. are two are two are two of the best, best, best guards in this draft. They might be, you know, after Scoot and Amen, the two <laughs> John just said, I know you're dreaming, by the way. Text me later. <laughs> I love Nick's film school. Go watch the karaoke video on Twitter if you don't, if you haven't. I, I love working here so much. I love these people so much. Um, I love you guys. <laughs> so, uh, Nick Smith Jr., Keontae George, um, these guys are going to need some time when they get in the league to get accustomed to missing shots and still contributing. Nick Smith, to me, to me personally, Nick Smith of Arkansas can have that Jordan Poole, that Tyler Hero, that Tyrese Maxey, that Emmanuel Quickly type of offensive impact where he's coming in and running the show and things are running smoothly and the ball's finding the bottom of the net. Um, you look at Scoot Henderson, I think he'll have an immediate impact, Michael. To, to answer that question, I think Scoot can have a more immediate impact than Ivy. I think Scoot would have gone number one in Ivy's draft. Uh, if not Paolo, then, then Scoot. Um, and just the fact that Scoot is so athletic is going to give him a lot of pluses from day one. Um, but Amen Thompson, you know, He's going to be really good. He's going to be able to get to the rim the second he walks in the league, Michael, but he's not going to be able to defend at a high level. He's not going to be able to play make um, maybe super efficiently just yet. A lot of the turnovers will be there at first. He's got to get accustomed to NBA spacing and be a pacing. Uh, and, and I think that some of these guards asking for them to have immediate impact is setting them up to fail. But guys like Anthony Black and Case and Wallace, they're going to bring the defense to the table from day one. Guys like Amen Thompson and Scoot Henderson, they're going to bring the athleticism to the table from day one. Guys like Jalen Hood Shafino, guys like Keontae George and Nick Smith, they're going to bring the shot making from day one. Um, and guys like, you know, even guys like Case and Wallace are going to bring the lockdown defense from day one. So lots of guards in this draft that I think can bring skill to day one of the table. But if I have to say there'll be a positive player from day one, I will not be making that bet, except maybe um, Case and Wallace is so good at defense that he's better on offense than Deuce McBride, as good at defense as Deuce McBride an inch taller than Deuce McBride and he's really good to start. So I can see that happening, but immediate impact is tough. I think maybe after a year. Yeah. A lot of these guards are going to be very impactful. So thank you, Michael, for the question. Thank you all for the question so far. You guys are asking great questions. You're making me think. Uh, and I love that. So thank you. Um, super chat from my guy. If you use TikTok, if you don't use TikTok, Go on TikTok and look up Fountain of Hoop. You see this name right here. Go throw Fountain of Hoop a follow. Um, this is my guy and his TikTok page helps me roll like a pig in mud in my love for the game of basketball. I love supporting this guy right here. He never lets me down. He always puts out content that makes me tear up because I'm a basketball fan and, and so passionate about the game. Fountain of Hoop on TikTok. Go check him out right now, right after this stream. Go check out Fountain of Hoop. This is my guy for real. Thank you for coming through with the super chat, man. Yo, what do you think about Jordan Walsh? Jordan Walsh, if you don't know, um, is a player for Arkansas. He is often lost in the discussion of Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr., as I just allowed him to be. Uh, so thank you, Fountain, for reminding me. Jordan Walsh um, is someone who... Is a, is a unique kind of player because I do think that with how raw he is right now, there are teams that would 100% bite on him in the early second round as someone who they want to bring in and develop and who they think can have a long career. Um, I also think that Jordan Walsh has a big opportunity to bet on himself right now. That if he wanted to stay at Arkansas for one more year, get the ball in his hands more with Black and Nick Smith Jr. going to the draft that he could really raise his draft stock. So Jordan Walsh has a big decision. 
he has a big opportunity um, to, to raise his draft stock if he stays at Arkansas. Um, and now I'm Googling to make sure that I did not miss a draft declaration from him. Um, no, he has not declared. Okay. So yeah, Walsh is a 6'7", 210, 205 small forward, um, made it to the Jordan brand classic in 2022. Um, and he may come back. He may declare he is part of the, the big three at Arkansas right now. One of the three, five-star freshmen, Nick Smith, Anthony black, Jordan Walsh, um, all three were all Americans. So, you know, Walsh really, really was a, a big player. Um, but things, you know, Things went from him being a potential first round pick to a potential second round pick to a potential undrafted free agent. Um, he's got great physical tools. Uh, his his rebounding is good. He's super strong. Um, but he he did not do well this season in terms of putting the ball in the baskets, particularly from downtown. So when you shoot, you know. Um, Best of Arkansas sports gave me this stat this morning. Um, I read all these articles now from these small town publications. And I think it's really cool because I get to find out about all these local journalists. They had a stat where in, in Walsh's Jordan Walsh's first 17, sorry, bad with numbers right now. First 17 career games. He shot 22% from downtown. I believe that's the correct number. It might be 23. It might be 24%. Fact of the matter was, it was not good. Um, and that Jordan Walsh, you know, freshman struggle, freshmen are raw, but uh, he is a defensive player. He is someone who can keep his value up despite not getting the ball to go in the basket. And he just kept fouling out of games, <laughs> just kept fouling his way out of games. He'd always be sitting on the bench four or five fouls, unable to play more because um, he fouled too much. So Walsh, very toolsy, very raw. I really think he could benefit a lot from staying another year. I think his stock could really skyrocket for next year. If he were to stay, he could go in the, the middle to late first round next year. If he has a great next year at Arkansas, um, but I do think that if he declares for the draft and, and goes in the late second round or gets approached about being an undrafted free agent, it's tough for him to be offended by that when he was poor this season and teams just don't have the ability to risk that when it comes to young players nowadays. Teams are killing scouting. They're finding gems all over. The pressure to kill the second round is is higher than ever. Fountain, I hope that was enough on, on Jordan Walsh got to nerd out a little. I watched Walsh this year play Fordham. Um, so that was cool that Fordham got to play Arkansas, got to play Eric Musselman's team this year. You can go watch the scouting videos from the scouting rapport of that game from Jordan Walsh. And you'll see them playing, you know, Kyle Rose and Charles Charlton and the, the Fordham Rams. Um, Jason M. Nice to see you, man. Appreciate you being in here. Thanks for the support. Um, and thanks for the question. Can we talk Jordan Hawkins? He fits what this team has drafted similar to IQ and Grimes. The problem is he is redundant with our roster right now. Yeah. I love this comment, Jason. I think you're seeing the vision. I think you're seeing the vision with, with Leon Rose and his scouting department in regards to the players they'd like to look at in the NBA draft. Jordan Hawkins on UConn doing really well for them. Um, he was born in 2002. He is 20 years old. So he'll be turning 21 this year. Um, he made the big East all freshman team last year. And then, you know, came, came back um, for, for a sophomore season. And if you'll allow me to find his statistics, hold on. Um, yes, yes, yes. He averaged in 29 starts in 29 games played in 30 minutes a game. He gave you 16 points. He gave you an assist and a half. He gave you 3.8 rebounds per game and, uh, did not foul out except once, just one time he fouled out. Um, not a lot of blocks or steals, but active on that end and, and tries on that end. Uh, and then the other thing about Hawkins that, that's significant is he's six five one ninety five, so he's on the smaller side. Um, if the Knicks 
did not have Emmanuel Quickly, Josh Hart, Quentin Grimes, RJ Barrett, Deuce McBride, all these guys that they have already drafted and are developing. Um, yeah, I could see Jordan Hawkins or Julian Strother of Gonzaga being guys that they're interested in. Um, but I do think the Knicks will look more at a bigger wing player. Um, and I had a request from Busy from the KFS Discord. If you don't know, Knicks Film School has a Discord. You can join it by becoming a patron and you can have unbridled access to the lovely KFS crew, including a draft chat channel in the KFS Discord where you can tag me at any time of the day. I'll be in a lecture at college. I'll be napping at 2 p.m. I will be waking up at 5 p.m. Whatever it is I'm doing, doing homework at 4 in the morning because I nap so much earlier in the day. Uh, whatever it is, I will answer your questions about the NBA draft. You don't have to wait for the next stream if you become a patron and join the KFS Discord. I was asked in the KFS Discord to talk about Max Lewis by Mr. Busy. So I'll get to, I'll get to him actually after the, I finish up this question for Jason, um, because I think he is good to bring up after Jordan Hawkins. But when it comes to Hawkins, yes, he is a player who does fit a lot of what the New York Knicks have been looking for so far. Um, and in my opinion, you know, could have been a candidate to be drafted by them this year. He went seven for eight in his first two wins in the tournament. Um, UConn is going to play Arkansas. You're going to get to see Jordan Hawkins get guarded by Anthony Black and by Nick Smith Jr. This is going to be a big matchup for draft class. Going to be checking out the UConn-Arkansas game um, and, and watching these guys go at it. Uh, but yeah, tw 25 points in 26 minutes for Jordan Hawkins um, in, in his the second half second halves of, of these games. He's just been on top of things. And, and uh, Simon Rath Hawks draft nerd put out a comparison yesterday um, that I thought was cool. Si Simon's always been nice to me on the Twitter spaces, not literal spaces, but just the virtual space of Twitter. Uh, despite the Knicks and Hawks having that, you know, rivalry where they've got a, yeah, si Simon has been cool. And, and he said, um, the only guy he can think of when he watches Hawkins is Rip Hamilton. And I love that tweet. I thought that was a fun tweet. So yeah, Jordan Hawkins, really fun player. Um, can't see the Knicks drafting someone of that size. If they're not a super singular talent. Um, <laughs> Jew Anon with the super chat. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated, much appreciated. And that is a really, really funny display name. The pun is noted, appreciated, laughed at. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't stop thinking of the time I, I met a KFS supporter at the garden. <laughs> and the first thing they told me was that. To, to say hi to, to Jeremy and Benji from a fellow Jew that he wanted to say hi to them. Um, the KFS Jewish community is very strong and the brand is strong. Um, <laughs> thank you for the support. Seriously. I really think it's funny that we just keep seeing instances of fantastic support for KFS um, from, from family members to us that, just makes me think how crazy it is that I get to talk basketball and, and, you know, salute you guys right back, uh, that you guys enjoy it. So thanks for the super chat, man. I really appreciate you. And thanks for the laugh today with your display name. Does Zach Eady get drafted in the first round or second round? He looked bad against FDU. FDU, the shortest team in the tournament, was the team that sent Zach Eady, the possible, you know, wooden player of the year, like packing home. Um, yeah, Zach Eady will get drafted. Zach Eady will be drafted probably in the second round. Um, I think Walker Kessler being such an oversight for so many draft Twitter people is going to result in a lot of draft Twitter people 
buying Edie, even if they don't really like him. I do think those two are different players. I've talked a lot to David Locke of Utah Jazz Team Radio about Walker Kessler. Can't say enough good things about his instincts and his defensive feel out there on the court. For me, with Zach Eadie, um, he's got the size. He's got the look of this of a real big-time shot-blocking center. But that feel for the game, that natural understanding of he knows offense so well that when he sees it playing out in front of him in reverse from a defensive perspective, he can jump it and be there ahead of it. I don't know if Edie is there with his processing yet. And to me, it signifies that, um, you know, his height might not be as effective at the NBA level uh, as it is in college. Um, I'm not saying that I am marking Zach Edie to be guaranteed to have a Boban Marjanovic career. That's not what I'm trying to say here. I do think that teams are going to have to look at his film and think, of all of his shortcomings and if they are really willing uh, to work on, to work on him with those. Um, do, do you want me to get crazy? You take a look at Brooke Lopez's game and how it evolved over the years look what he does right now uh, for, for, for that Milwaukee team. Look what he does right now for the Milwaukee bucks. Um, he is a different player than the player that 11 year old Chris Percy Einan used to go see at the IZOD center that he'd root for because my mother's maiden name is Lopez. I am half Dominican as you know, remains a shock to many. Um, <laughs> and so when my mom's maiden name being Lopez, I always rooted unsurprisingly for Brooke Lopez. Uh, this is a much different player than that. Brooke Lopez can Zach Eady undergo a similar sort of career transformation where he starts out scoring, but over the course of his career learns how to be good at other areas of the game. Um, I don't know. I do think that I have yet to deep dive him um, in a, in a significant way where I'm comfortable saying, I know how this guy's career is going to go. Um, but I just do think that it's important to note that the height isn't everything. Yes. He looked bad against FDU FDU game plan for him all year long. They watched that kid play and, and, and they were ready for him and they threw pressure at him that he was not ready for. So, um, are great players supposed to overcome that? Yes. But you know, uh, Painter always loses early in the tournament. Um, I'm not trying to slam on the Boilermakers here, but that, you know, of course it was Purdue that lost to that lost to them. So, yeah. Um, With that being said, I want to thank everyone for coming to dream today. I want to thank everyone for bearing with the technical issues at the start. Completely my fault. You are soon going to see an announcement for me on Twitter that I had a project I was working on today. Um, and that project resulted in me being at the WFUV studios later than I was supposed to be my phone dying and me running back to my home with a dead phone, not answering Andrew Claudio's concerned texts, um, because I was sprinting to my apartment in the Bronx so I could charge my phone and run here on this live stream with you guys. That is the life of a college broadcaster who is involved in athletics, who is in several classes, who works for WFEB Sports, who works for Nick's Film School. It is a mess and I apologize directly. I just wanted to be really transparent as to why I was late um, and let you guys know that you are so appreciated. You are so loved and you are so cared about on my end. The support is amazing with my journey this year, beat reporting on the team and talking about the NBA draft with you guys to my people at Nick's Film School that have been there for me. GMAC included, especially included. Thank you. You mean a lot to me and to everyone watching right now or listening later. You mean a lot to me as well. Thank you for supporting my work as I continue to not sleep and work my butt off trying to make sure that my work is worthy of, of being supported. It, it's nice to know that I have you guys there rooting and cheering me on. So thank you everyone for tuning in to Draft Rules, everything around me dream. Remember to leave a thumbs up down below. Remember to subscribe to the Knicks Film School YouTube channel and remember to turn notifications on when you subscribe to the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. Get those ping notifications when we put a video up. You don't got to watch it right away, but you'll know that we're putting out that fire every 
day here on KFS. Leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify, on Apple Music, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks once again for tuning in to Draft Rules Everything Around Me. I'm your host, Chris Percy Einan, thanking you one last time for spending your time with me and signing off. Yeah.